Welcome to the Bethany Community Church Sermon Podcast. This ministry is intended to inspire you and help bring solutions to the challenges of life. Today's message is titled, How Faith Works. For more information about other ministries here at Bethany Community Church, you can check us out at our website at bccma.org or you can always send us an email at office at bccma.org. And now, here's Pastor Phil McCutcheon. All right, let's talk about uh, how faith works. And I'm so excited to be baptizing many of you today. And um, I want this to be an incredible day for you. And I want you to experience the power of Jesus Christ today and for the rest of your life. Uh, sometimes we don't know, know, know how things work, though, and they're very simple. I remember one time, we, back many years ago, I was working with my brother, and we were, we were building a church in Tampa, Florida, and we were renting this uh, school auditorium. And uh, it was uh, my job at the end of the service to go turn all the lights off. And so we had a guy in the, in the, in the church uh, named uh, Sammy Hill. And I know I, mom and dad aren't here yet, but they will know who he is, and my wife knows who he is. Sammy uh, w- was about six foot four, a pretty heavy guy, and uh, he was just a wonderful, sweet man. He, he, was, uh, uh, he, was, he was challenged. He probably had the mentality of about a six or seven-year-old. And everybody loved Sammy. He worked at the movie theater and always bring big, big boxes of popcorn to everybody. And so I'm up there, and I'm, I'm just flipping breaker switches, just searching, break, and nothing's happening. And Sammy walks over to me. And I said, I can't find the right breaker switches. He said, step aside. I stepped aside. He knew every breaker. That got him. I said, Sammy, how'd you do that? He said, it just takes a little brain. <laughs> so th- th- there's, there's a few breaker switches that if you will flip them, your faith will be authentic and real and genuine and transforming. You see, there, there are levers in your heart that if you will switch them on in response to Jesus, your faith will just come alive. And I wish the waters of baptism were magical. I wish that even if you were forced into them against your will, you would, you would be full of faith. Or if you accidentally fell in, you would be connected to saving faith. But the Bible says in Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So there's a little more to it than just getting in water. It says, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So this verse and a whole bunch of others let us know there's more to, to going into knowing faith works than just getting immersed in some magical waters. So I want the words, I really, really want the words of 1 Peter 1, 8 to be true for every one of you. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And, and, and I want to use a, another biblical passage and a biblical story to, to try to bring this point home today. Galatians 5, 5 through 6. I'm talking about how faith works, guys. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. So he's talking about the, the old law of Moses that that he was challenging, that Christ came and challenged. So Jesus neither, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or or, or uncircumcision avails anything, but faith, uh, underline this in your Bible and your mind, faith working through love. 
That gives us a hint to what the switches are, the, what the right breakers are. The word working there means energeo. I think you kind of know by how that sounds. It, it's two words. It's energis means to be mighty and powerful. And, or, or, I'm sorry, energis means to be active and efficient. In, in other words, it's working for you. And, and the ES on that means to be mighty and powerful. I want people to say that you're mighty and powerful in the rest of your life. I want, I want to be said of you what is said about the disciples in Acts 17, 6, where they said, these who turn the world upside down have come here too. Now let's go to Mark chapter 10, verse 17. And I want to read the story of this man who came to Jesus who wanted eternal life, and he couldn't quite turn the switches on that would give him an authentic, exciting eternal life. And he missed his opportunity, and it would have been so easy but he made it too hard. It says in Mark chapter 10, verse 17, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You see, he, he, was, he was wanting the, uh, a personality. He was interested in a personality cult. He wasn't, he wasn't looking for for God, really. Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared. All these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Uh, underline that. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. I, I think he missed that look. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and he said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. So this story gives us some clues about how faith works. And I would say that number one from this story and these other passages, that number one Faith works by the logical conclusion reached from knowing you are fully known yet fully loved. Logical conclusion. If you know that Christ, the creator of everything, the one who died for the sins of the world, is deeply in love with you, and he's looking at you with love, there are just some logical conclusions. There are some logical conclusions like, I should trust him with my life. I should trust him with my problems. I should trust him with my finances. I should trust him to give me guidance with my sexuality. I should trust him to give me guidance in, 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 my, in my relationships. Galatians 5 and many other passages teaches us that the revelation of God's love makes the law of Moses obsolete because you are being invited to a personal relationship with the creator of the universe. You're invited to a personal relationship with Jesus. And that, but that young man's response to Christ's command gives us to give up on his riches proved he either couldn't see, he wasn't impressed, or he didn't trust Christ's love. Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks in his book, Discipleship. He talks about how we view God's Jesus words to us sometimes. We, we don't trust him enough. 
salvation. You, like, you're going to trust me in a minute to, to let you down in the water and bring you back up. And I, I've only lost two people in 30 years. <laughs> you're going to trust me. It's such a wonderful symbolism. And that we're, I'm asking you to trust Christ, not me really, but to trust Christ. And so Bonhoeffer is talking about how, how we treat obedience to Christ. See, see, this guy wanted to obey the law, but Jesus said, for, he's kind of, Jesus kind of said, he didn't really, but he kind of said, forget the law, I want you to come and follow me, and I'll give you direction every day of your life, things that the law doesn't even cover. I'll give you direction and help you to have the best life you could possibly have, because I'm going to give you my wisdom and my love and my presence, and so the first thing I want you to do is sell all you have and give to the poor. I know that must have sounded harsh, and But Bonhoeffer talks about this obedience. He said, here's what we're like. He said, we're like a little girl whose dad says, go to bed. And the little girl goes to her room and she thinks, you know, my dad just wants me to to be rested. And if I would play, I would be just as rested as if I slept. So I'm going to play because my dad just wants me to be rested. See, that little girl doesn't trust her father. She trusts her own wisdom. And we're just like that sometimes. We say, well, I know what God wants, so I'll, I'll show God how, how to get what he wants. <laughs> Don't we do that? I do that all the time. I show, I'll show God. I'll show God how to, I, mean, he wants, I know he wants to bless my finances, but he's got this formula. And I, I don't want to do that formula because I know what he really wants. He just wants me to be happy. <laughs> right? right. And so, well, someone told me that one time, and they were living in a, a very, very, wrong life, and all of you would agree, if I told you what they were doing, you would agree it was wrong, and I remember the, the man told me, God, Jesus just wants me to be happy, he wouldn't, he wouldn't deny, it. well, that's crazy, right, the logical conclusion from knowing you radically loved by Christ is total trust, complete reliance, everyone is not asked to give up all their money, thank God, everyone's not asked to give all their money to the poor, but everyone who realizes who Jesus is will walk away from anything to make room for him. Right? My mother used to love to tell me the story. She would tell me these same stories over and over. And she told me about a man that few of you will know, but a few of you uh, older folks like me will know, George Beverly Shea. George Beverly Shea sang with Billy Graham for over 50 years. And my mother would always tell me the story of how George Beverly Shea had been offered this lucrative recording contract. And he told, his, the, he told those who were offering to the contract, he said, listen to my radio show on Saturday morning, and I'm going to give you my answer. And then he, when the radio show came on, he began to sing, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. And he gave them his answer. And I think George Beverly Shea, his life turned out all right, didn't it? Some of those of you who know, you know that's true. There was a video that went viral this week, really tough to watch, but I kind of made myself watch it because when... When people are going through bad things, you want to look away, don't you? But a 13-year-old girl in Iran, outside of her father's, where her father is incarcerated, and they're putting him to death for being a Christian. And it, the video is this little girl screaming and crying, and she's saying, God, help me. I haven't seen my dad in four years. Oh, God, let me see him. I can't live without him. Don't kill my dad. Kill me instead. I watched that, and, and I, I was, of course, my heart was torn apart watching that. 
But I thought, that is, that's Christ. That little girl is Jesus. That little girl is Jesus who come to this world and said, don't kill Francis or Susan. Don't kill Tony. Kill me instead. That's what he did for you. How can you not want to just give him your whole life? I believe you do. I believe that's why you're being baptized today. The second thing about how faith works that I want to just share with you today is faith works by total surrender, not selective rule keeping. You know, if you keep moral rules, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a child of God. You can be a moralist. If you keep moral rules, it doesn't mean you're a child of God. It might just mean you're smart. You know, you know what the Bible says about one particular rule? About adultery? It says, he who commits adultery lacks understanding. So keeping God's rules that God gave us, by the way, put them, they're part of the fabric, uh, the structure of reality is rules. It's just smart. And I would advise you today, if you have no interest in following Jesus, I would really advise you to get some rules and keep some rules because you will have a better life in this earth if you keep some rules. But listen, we're not just trying to have our best life. We're entering and establishing an eternal kingdom. We're going for participation in the eternal kingdom. We're going for participation with the new covenant of God. You know, Sherry and I did not become husband and wife by agreeing to follow the ten rules. We became husband and wife by agreeing in front of a pastor an hour from here in New Bedford all those years ago, we agreed to belong to each other. We agreed. We didn't stand at the altar and agree to ten rules. We agreed to love, honor, and cherish until death. It's so much better to have a relationship than just a bunch of rules. And my, she changes the rules all the time on me. <laughs> so if we, just, if we just went by the law, I could say, no, I won't do that. That's not in the rule book. I am called by God, and she is called by God. Our covenant that we made in marriage was that we would try to please each other. And that's the covenant that Jesus is one that he's making with you, that you and he will try to please each other. You're going to ask him for a lot more stuff than he's going to ask you for. And he's going to please you. And, 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 and sometimes, sometimes his will will not please you, but he will compensate with grace. I, I'm telling you, it will work. He will compensate with grace and blessings that you can't imagine if you will live a life of obedience and loyalty to him. You see, for richer, for poorer, sickness and health, love creates crazy surrender. When I came up to visit Sherry, I flew up here on my vacation. I just met her. And um, she got stranded in Tampa because she had these foster kids and they ran away in Tampa. So God had them run away so we could have a date. And we got to know each other a little bit. And I just, oh, that's, I had already decided, you know, if I, the next person I meet that I really like, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm not going to date anymore. 
I just, I, I was kind of done with that. I mean, I was all of 23 years old, you know. I was done with dating. But I came up to New Bedford in, in April uh, vacation, and she wasn't as intense as I was. That's a mile, that's putting a molly. And boy, I remember going back to Tampa. I, my heart was just so heavy. I remember a friend of mine took me to a, a, a group, a group that was big back then. It was called Second Chapter of Acts. And they were fabulous. Anybody know Second Chapter of Acts? Weren't they great? They were awesome. And I didn't enjoy the concert at all. I couldn't, I couldn't think about what they were singing. I didn't want to be there. It was just because when you fall in love, it makes you just crazy. I, I, I want the church to become, I want us to lose our minds over Jesus. How many, would, how many for that? Let's just lose our minds over Jesus. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4.10, we are fools for Christ. Finally, here's how faith works. Faith, faith works by following Jesus, not merely knowing him. A lot of people know Jesus, but they're not following him. Jesus said, follow me 22 times in the Gospels. Follow me 22 times. A lot of people know him. That they, Christ was gracious to all those people. He wasn't unkind to those who didn't follow him. He taught them. He healed their bodies. He blessed their lives. But the ones who really, really found salvation in him was the ones who followed him. When the Apostle Paul was talking about his former life of persecuting Christians, he didn't say, I persecuted Christians. He said, I persecuted followers. I persecuted followers of the way. That's how society referred to us in the book of Acts. They referred to us as followers, followers of the way. To follow means to demonstrate faith and pra with practical action. That's why Jesus gave him the, he wasn't trying to bring him, in, and some of you, a couple of you are familiar with the word legalism. It, it, Jesus wasn't trying to bring him under a, under a legalism, a legalistic rule that, okay, everybody has to get rid of all their wealth and all their money in order to follow. He wasn't doing that at all. But Jesus will always, always, always put in front of us a practical way to demonstrate our faith, to, to, to engage our faith. It's kind of like Simon Peter walking on the water. Simon Peter had to get out of the boat to walk on the water. He had to experience his own powerlessness to experience Christ's powerfulness. I said he had to experience his own powerlessness to get out there and experience Christ's powerfulness. So Christ will always give you a way to experience your powerlessness so you can experience his powerfulness. He will give you a way to experience your inability so you can experience his almighty power. It's not about keeping a rule. Brother Manny Ramirez spoke in an event last Wednesday night. I don't know if you heard about that. But he said this. I've been in church now for almost four years, me and my wife. Remember when he was here in Boston, he was beating her up. Now I realize that I behave bad in Boston. Ramirez said at Wednesday evening's event, I apologize for that, but I'm a new man. That's what Jesus said. That's what I believe. That's a blessing from God, said Ramirez, of his new job opportunity with a minor league club in Iowa. I can go over there and give those kids my testimony. 
what to do in the field and what not to do off the field. See, God can even change Manny Ramirez. <laughs> Salvation is not from being a law keeper, you don't, but, but you do have to hit a, a few switches on your breaker box. One's marked repentance. The other's marked humility. And the other's marked submission. You say, does that, does that mean that I'm going to always be humble every single day? And, and if I don't, I, I won't be saved? Or does that mean I'm always going to be, uh, I'm always going to be uh, submissive uh, every single moment of my life? Uh, probably not. But what do you do at your house when the breaker, switch, breaker throws? When you throw a breaker, what do you do? What do you do when the lights go off? And, and the first thing is, honey, would you go check the breaker box? What do you do? Come on. Are you going to sleep on me today? You go back and you reset the breaker. Well, that's, that's what you're going to do when you walk with Jesus. When, when, when the breaker throws and you, you act arrogant and haughty and proud and you're disobedient, you're going to want to go reset the breaker because you're not going to want to be separated from his life. I, I believe it was Ethel Waters, the black singer, who said, 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 Jesus said, God will ruin you for sinning. You'll be ruined for sinning. If you enjoy sinning uh, and, 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 and just would rather sin than be close to Jesus, then, then you, you need to go back and get rebaptized or something. I don't know. <laughs> when you fall in love with Jesus, you're just nothing better than being with Jesus. Amen? Following Jesus means to live in community with Christ. It's like someone saying, now you're a member of my family. Follow me. What does that mean? You're going to show up a lot of places where I am. If I said become a part of my family, that means you're going to show up at my house for Thanksgiving or Christmas. and I might even, You might even go on vacation with me. And because I'm a nice person, if you hear my basement, or because you're a nice person, if you hear my basement's flooded, you'll come over and help me clean it up. We're, we're, we're together. The Bible says in Matthew 12, Jesus pointing to his disciples said, Here are my mother, my brothers, my, my, my sisters. Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Baptismal candidates. I want you to look around. Stand up, all the baptismal candidates, stand up. I want you to turn and look at all these people here. This is your family. This is your family. You say, is it, that means it's always going to be sweet and nice. No, I said your family. <laughs> but they're still your family because you're connected with them by the blood of Jesus. You may be seated. Following Jesus means to elevate the wisdom and knowledge of Christ above all else and all others. For a rabbi to ask people to follow them wasn't unusual for that culture. So he knew what it meant. Unfortunately... He wasn't looking for a different life, a different schedule. He was looking for, he, all he was looking for was a ticket to eternal life. Jesus was offering him better than that. Life as a disciple, not just a reservation on the glory-bound train for which he would show up at departure time, you know. You know, so, so some people just want a baptismal certificate. They, they just, you know, it's like, I'll get my baptismal certificate, and then when I die, Pastor Phil or Pastor whoever... For some of you who are so young, it won't be Pastor Phil, I hate to tell you. 
but uh, it'll be some other dude up here, or, or, or dudas, it might be a dudas up here, uh, who, who will, <laughs> it will be some other person who, who will, at your funeral, say, 25 years ago, we baptized Bill over here, and so we're imagining you up in heaven going to the will call window at, at the marriage supper of the Lamb, saying, Where's my, you got my baptismal certificate, right? Who wants that? I want, I want to live the life that, like the hymn we used to sing, he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I'm his own. That's what I want. I want him every day. I want Jesus in my life every day. And I'm, every, every once in a while, I, I don't walk in the presence of Jesus. And I'm not happy on that day. I'm not happy on the day that I'm not walking with Jesus. And in my life, I've tried a few other things to try to make me happy, but they don't work like Jesus Nothing satisfies my soul like Jesus. And that's what happens to you when you get saved. That's what happens to you when you get saved. Nothing satisfies you like the presence of Jesus. Following Jesus means a posture of making practical decisions in obedience to Christ. That's not to say that one can come to faith just by doing practical works of charity and morality. It's not what it's saying at all, but it's like I said a minute ago, God's going to give you those opportunities where your faith can grow and develop. So candidates, I want you to have an encounter with a living Christ today. I'm not terribly interested in getting you to embrace a correct doctrine of salvation. People become, sometimes people in the church become I, I don't know what else to call them. They become ideologically possessed with the right doctrine. They've got the right doctrine. And they're always worried about getting their doctrine right. And I, and I believe in correct doctrine. Don't misunderstand me. But if all you've got is a doctrine, you're not living the spirit-filled life. Because this is about a personal saturation awareness of the living son of God alive in your heart living in your thoughts you are attracted to him and you are constantly chasing him and he is constantly chasing you that's the new made new life that you're being called to and you have the privilege of living in amen so I want you to leave these water baptism, waters of baptism, know, knowing that you are fully known, warts and all, talents and all, strengths and all, fully known, fully loved, and completely surrendered to Christ. I want to pray for you right now before we get ready to baptize you. Pastor Jay is coming, and uh, we'll give you a little more instructions today. And uh, let's pray for all of those who are being baptized. And maybe I want to pray for those of you in the room that you're not going to be baptized today, but um, but you're thinking about you're thinking about you're thinking about moving from dating Jesus to saying your vows with Him. Let me put it that way. And you're here in the service today, and you haven't made that decision yet, and boy. You, you, I want you to know I love having seekers around. So good for the church. Seekers, come on. 
Those of you who are not sure, we just want to check this out. This is the place to check it out. Check out Jesus. Check out this whole thing. That's what we're here for. That's what we. That's what we think about all week. Is the people that are just coming that are people that are just coming to check Jesus out. And I hope we're doing a good job of, of making him look good for you. <laughs> but uh, I want to pray for you too right now that you will make that move, that shift in your heart. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this glorious day. Lord, I just, just can't imagine. Lord, we're baptizing 21 people today. And I'm so happy, Lord. And I know that heaven is happy. The Bible says there's rejoicing in the presence of angels over one sinner that comes to repentance. I can only imagine what it's like when 21 come to repentance. Father, I pray that our candidates, I know that they're probably in different places, emotionally, spiritually, different ways of looking at their commitment. And I know today, for some of them, it's, it's a first step. For some of them, it's a, it's a step down the path, step four, step five. I don't know, but I pray today will be really special for them. Let them receive a filling of the Spirit in their hearts today and let them come into the real, genuine, authentic knowledge of the Son of God who's building an everlasting kingdom that we get to be a part of. In Jesus' name, amen.